This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Apple's Vision Pro headset is still getting a lot of buzz. All the major tech companies are thinking about how headsets, virtual reality, augmented reality, and AI can intersect. It feels like hardware is at an inflection point, a rise in wearable tech. What are the bigger implications? Denis Boudreau can offer some perspective. Denis is the founder of Inclusive Communication. Hey, good morning, Denis. Nice to chat with you today. Good morning. Happy to be here. So, Denis, I've done this to you a couple times here in the last few months. I'm starting with a premise and hoping that you somewhat agree with me. <laughs> I'd argue that, that headset hardware is at a significant jumping off point. How do you perceive where they're at? Um, I, I would certainly agree. I mean... Head, uh, like uh, virtual VR headsets in general have been around for a while, obviously. I, I first bought a, um, a Oculus Rift probably like in 2018 or something. So it's been a long time that they've been around. But I, I do believe that we just hit a completely new level in terms of the possibilities, especially for you know people with disabilities. And, and the Vision Pro is probably what that is. So yeah, certainly a, a great starting point for, for that. And, it, and it, you know, it's not so much the headset as such as the opportunities that the headset provides combined with other pieces of technology. And that's that's really been the exciting thing about AI as far as I'm concerned. It's not so much that, you know, one tool, one tool comes out or one particular service comes out and it's revolutionizing different things. It's how when you combine a lot of these different ideas together, all of a sudden, New things are possible, mm. and I, that's I really think that's that that's what makes this particular moment in time with uh, VR headsets so exciting for me. There are some assistive technologies that have already been utilizing smart glasses or utilizing phone cameras for a while. I think about seeing AI or be my eyes. What are some of the big implications for services like that as hardware becomes more mainstream? Well, I, I, I'm assuming most of the listeners are, are already familiar with seeing AI and uh, Be My Eyes. Um, not too long ago, and I don't know exactly when, but within like the last year, uh, Be My Eyes also had a new service based on ChatGPT called Be My AI. And I think that was a really, again, significant moment in, I, I'd say empowerment in a way. Um, you know, the whole point of being of be my eyes is that you connect with a volunteer who then helps you identify things around you using your own phone. So, so the service is is fantastic, and and you know, over six million volunteers or so around the world. So, like, amazing how that came together. But adding AI technology to the service allows you to do that without having to rely on another human. So that alone is already pretty empowering for you know autonomy in in you know in its own way especially when the help that you need is with something a bit more private and you don't necessarily need mean or want to share that with other people I mean we all have our own little secret garden if you will so uh so for whatever reason that's that's great but the idea of combining something like be my ai for instance with a headset 
makes everything that much more natural, I think. And as an example, having to point your your uh, your phone to different things and trying to you know create the uh, the connection needed to be able to identify things or you know just learn more about your environment is not as natural as just moving your head around and then having the entire thing described to you through an AI service, for instance. So getting a lot more awareness around your surroundings and getting like more and more accurate uh, descriptions of what the environment is about, this is all really, really amazing. And when you combine that possibility with the commitment that Apple has had with accessibility on their products over the years, and you realize that all the accessibility features that we know and love inside uh, iOS or, or Mac OS are also available on Apple Vision Pro, uh, then what that means is that you know your baseline is a piece of technology that already includes everything about voiceover and all the other uh, features, accessibility features that are out there, but now in an environment that is much more immersive and it just brings it to a different level mm. completely. Denny, you mentioned Apple's history in regards to accessibility. Last week, we spent a little time talking about the 40th anniversary of the Macintosh computer. Mm. I, I'm curious how an implication, an implication of assistive tech in this specific moment may be a parallel or, or, or reflective of something bigger in the history of hardware evolution. I think it's just another milestone towards something even bigger that we can hardly, uh, you know, imagine just yet. So, so yeah, if you if you look back into the evolution of of hardware computing and you know just assistive technologies in general, and you think back, you know, twenty some years ago when. Uh, when the screen readers were not what they are today and were much more limited and, and the possibilities just weren't there, the evolution has already been amazing in that sense. And, and you know, recent versions of JAWS or NVDA, for instance, as screen readers are extremely good voiceover as well. I mean, these technologies are really, really interesting. So thinking that, again, as, you know, and we've talked about this a couple of times before, I mean, with artificial intelligence and, and you know, these different algorithms being able to really identify and understand the environment better, for instance, or being able to connect the dots on different things a little better. Mm. Or if you go back to the idea of the Apple Vision Pro, and um, you know you're you're browsing on the web with that technology, and you're combining the possibilities of, uh, say, seeing AI. Well, be my be my AI, for instance. And you're looking at a website because you're trying to buy a pair of shoes, for instance, and you can filter through the website by asking different things on uh, to the AI about, you know, shoe size or colors or this mm -hmm, or that. Mm -hmm. You can start thinking about how you can make you could be making a lot of these decisions that you know sighted folks you know take for granted because they can do that all the time but now through technology you can be empowered to do the same things and if the feedback that you get from the different requests that you ask or the different filters that you that you ask for you know eventually will work will work really well then at, at some point i don't know i mean the geek in me is thinking that we're getting closer and closer to matt murdoch and daredevil and you know you can kind of see the environment <laughs> around you even though you can't really actually see it and it's incredibly incredibly cool in that sense
first Daredevil reference of the week, but I think it might not be the last. You never know. You never know on this show when someone's <laughs> going to reference Daredevil. Denny, you mentioned that you took the plunge for the Oculus Rift in uh, 2018. I was yeah. so close to buying a MetaQuest headset in 2022. I mean, I was on the precipice. I, I was playing some video games on my uncle's headset that I absolutely adored, but I just couldn't make the dollars make sense. I was like, oh, it's a cool gimmick, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna use it enough. But as some of this technology continues to evolve, how tempted are you by this uh, Apple Vision Pro, even at its uh, $3,500 price tag? Yeah, 3500 US. Let's just add US oh, yeah. to that. I, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a bit more than that. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super excited, obviously, about it. I, uh, I, I, I can probably, you know, try to justify the the expense to my accountant because it's new research. Uh, so you can get a lot of things <laughs> approved with that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible piece of technology, but it's also an incredible price point. So uh, price tag. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm going to wait really a little bit more because it's it's just too much of an investment for the likelihood of actually using it you know, like you said, I mean, would I use it enough to do that? Um, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I, th I think that it needs to be normalized a bit more. And then at some point it becomes a bit more, um, you know, a bit more affordable. Mm. Um, so, and, and there, there's one thing, there's actually one thing that also concerns me a little bit. We haven't mentioned today, but I think it's worth mentioning is that it looks great from the perspective of all the accessibility features and you know, the potential that the tool has. But one of the biggest concerns that I have from an accessibility, well, I mean, from a usability standpoint, but accessibility as well, especially for some people with different types of mobility impairments, for instance, would be that uh, the actual weight of the device mm. um, you know, compared, it's not really more, more heavy than other uh, similar headsets, but all the weight is in the front as opposed to other, other headsets where you know, some of it is in the back because it carries the battery and all that stuff. Apple's is much heavier in that sense, so they took the, bat the battery out, and it's something that you you carry beside you. You don't have it on your head, but having all that weight, and you know, we're talking, I think, like half a pounder. Like it's not super heavy, but everyone that I've listened to, having tried it, was saying that you know, after like 15, 20 minutes or so, I mean, you start feeling tension on in your neck because mm. it's it's mm. a lot of weight in the front of your face. So I'm thinking someone someone who has. It, it, as a bit more difficulty supporting that kind of weight at some point, yeah, it might be very accessible to you, but you can only wear it for so long before it becomes painful. Mm. So, you know, I, I have a concern about that, that would be exacerbated with some, with some users. Um, but I, I strongly believe that, you know, they are going to fix this over time and, you know, it's going to get a little better and, and probably will get a little better also as the price starts coming down a little bit more. So, you know, at some point, these two it will intersect a little bit more. And then, you know, maybe it's more reasonable to try to, to, try yeah. to yeah. get more. A little sleeker, a little lighter. Yeah, right now it sort of looks like a big set of ski goggles, you know, it, it, which admittedly is still, right, yeah, which yeah. is still kind of sleeker than a lot of other stuff on the on the market, but but, but not quite all but the way. Still there very yet. stylish. Yeah, I mean, I mean, aesthetics are. You were talking about aesthetics with uh, Michelle just before. I mean, the 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 aesthetics of the 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 hardware, the the product itself, are amazing already. So I mean, it's Apple. It's what you expect. So finding a good way to combine that to get the 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 Wait a little lower and then keep improving on the aesthetics of it you know at some point you also pay for that and then you know those of us who, who are you know 
Apple uh, fans, you know, have accepted that a long time ago. I mean, you you pay more, but because you get a like a piece of technology that's that actually looks really nice. So so that's part of it. It's part of the aesthetics for sure. Right on. Hey, Denny, thank you for this. You always bring such great perspective to these conversations. Have a lovely day. You as well. Thank you. I would have told him to have a lovely day regardless of his great perspective, but he gets the compliment <laughs> nonetheless. Denny Boudreau is the founder of Inclusive Communication. Let's bring in Alex Smythe for the weather story of the day. Alex, I do suppose that the weather story of the day is Atlantic Canada, but it, it's, it's been talked about quite a bit here in the first 40 minutes of the show. So take me somewhere else in the country. Yeah, not only will I take you somewhere else, Dave, I am also going to highlight some places having a bit more of a positive uh, uh, weather forecast I love for it. the week. love optimism. And, in, and that is in our very own backyard in the Golden Horseshoe, southwestern Ontario, because it's expected to be pretty sunny, pretty mild, pretty comfortable all around this week. So as I mentioned, sunshine and a mix of sun and clouds are forecast from today until Friday. And that's when there will be a bit of rain coming into the forecast at the end of the week into the weekend. Uh, but the weather will still be uh, considered mild for February overall. Let's look at today. You're going to see highs around 2 to 3 degrees throughout the region, and it's going to be the mix of sun and clouds. Tomorrow, it will be slightly cooler. Highs will be between plus 1 and plus 3. It will be cooler along the lakeside, so Toronto, Oakville, uh, you know, Oshawa, Whippy. They're all going to be around plus one. It begins to get warmer, though, once we get midweek into Wednesday. There's going to be a high of six degrees in Kitchener and Niagara Falls, a high of five in Hamilton, and Toronto will be a plus three. That warming continues into Thursday because it's going to be even slightly warmer. Niagara Falls will see a high of eight, Hamilton seven. It will be a plus five for Toronto. As I mentioned, though, Friday, rain is expected to hit the entire region, but that will come with even more increased warmth. It will be probably around nine degrees as a high throughout the region. And that's a positive thing that it's getting warm, mostly sun. However, as the month of February does carry on and into the second half, it is expected to go back below seasonal, so that's going to mean more cold air, potentially more snow. So enjoy the warm weather this week and the sunshine while it lasts, Dave. Maybe the cargo shorts are going to come out. Thanks for this, Alex. Coming up after the break, Fool Me Once made a big splash on Netflix. Entertainment critic Kim Thistle will share her thoughts on the British miniseries. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.